If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. Right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the California Underground. I am here with Adam of OpenTheBooks.com. Is it Open the Books is the name of the organization, correct? Yes, it is, Phil. Thank you very much. Thanks for your interest in our work. Thank you for coming on. Uh, so to start off, why don't you introduce yourself, talk about the organization, and we can go from there about what you've been finding recently. Sounds good. So in a nutshell, Open the Books, our mission is to open and audit every dime, taxed and spent, at every level of government across the entire country. We're the only ones in the big data, public government spending space writ large, every level, federal, state, and local. Phil, so last year, our team of auditors filed 40,000 Freedom of Information Act requests. It was the most in American history. We successfully captured $6 trillion worth of federal, state, and local spending. One of the unique data sets that we have, which we'll talk about here today, specific to the state of California and everywhere, every single, virtually every single public employee salary and pension record we've captured for each of the last four years. You can see it all at OpenTheBooks.com. Wow. So recently, is there anything on the national stage that you found? I'm looking at your site right now. I can pull, go ahead and pull it up. Uh, while you're answering, if you found anything that kind of stands out to give an example of the work that you do. Absolutely. So uh, last week, we broke this on the Sinclair, the 190 ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox affiliates across the country. It ran wall-to-wall on One America News, ran wall-to-wall on eight, eight different programs at Fox News. We found that Democratic governors in big cities, a bunch of hypocrites, these are the Democratic I'm sorry, Democratic mayors in big cities, they uh, had defunded their police, but we found through Freedom of Information Act requests that they had taken huge police protection for themselves. So this was defunding police protection for the, the people, yet racking up massive police protection for themselves, for me, the mayors in these big Democratic cities. One of those cities is, is actually San Francisco, Mayor London Breed. Wow. So what, what, how much did they, did you find for like personal security? And was this obvious, was this taxpayer money or what, how, how does that work when someone has to pay for their own security? So it was only, it was only taxpayer money on these, on these mayoral police details. For example, in San Fran, obviously the mayor had spearheaded $120 million worth of defunding the police cuts. So there's fewer police in the neighborhoods. There's fewer police you know, for the people and the protection of, of the people. Yet uh, London Breed in 2020 racked up $2.6 million at taxpayer cost on her police detail. And that, that fill was up $1 million over the course of the past five years. So, wow. so back in 2015, the mayor's police detail was around $1.7 million. Last year it was $2.6 million. So again, you know, Hypocrites, the mayor racking up huge taxpayer costs for their own detail, their own police protection. Uh, meanwhile, defunding the police, fewer police protecting the people. Well, um, in terms of maybe we can kind of segue off into that. Do you have numbers on 
to just for comparison, so she raised her personal security detail. Do you have numbers on how much she may have reduced the police budget in San Francisco? So that was about $120 million of defunding the police. Wow. $120 million she took away from the police and she raised her own security detail by a million. Okay. Um, so, like, let's put that in comparison versus, like, New York City. So yeah. New York City, uh, you know, they defunded the police to, a, to the tune of a billion dollars on a $6 billion budget. Now, a lot of those cuts haven't been implemented yet. They haven't executed on those cuts yet. But de Blasio, they, it's been 12 weeks now since we filed our Freedom of Information Act request asking for the cost of his police detail. And they have yet to be forthcoming. We know he's, he's got one. His wife has a police security detail. His son has a police security detail. The daughter swore it off a couple of years ago, but she used to have one. When de Blasio ran for president of the United States, we know from news reports at the New York Post that he racked up $400,000 at taxpayer expense, hauling his detail around the country as he ran on his ill-fated campaign for president. We know from uh, news articles at the New York Post that, that he took a security detail when he dropped his son off at Yale, when he moved the daughter out of her Brooklyn apartment, yet they won't they won't provide the detail on 2020 or each of the last five years to us yet. See, I think something, if he's running for president, shouldn't that come out of his own campaign funds or is that just normal practice to use New York City taxpayer money to protect the mayor while he runs for president? Look, at OpenTheBooks.com, we have all kinds of circumstances, Phil, only in New York City. You know, for instance, in the New York City public schools, the janitors out-earn the principals. So you could be a janitor in the New York public school and make up to 256 grand a year. And the average principal in the New York City public schools makes 154000 So a lot of this stuff in the Big Apple doesn't make any sense. So what prompted you to get started with this outside of the fact that we all know your taxpayer money is going to absolute waste? And, you know, it's like that line from Independence Day. They don't spend, you know, $200 on a hammer and $1,000 on a toilet seat. Um, what got you into starting Open the Books and what's your background to get it started? That's a great question. So I think, you know, the genesis of this goes back to 1976 and 1978, when my father as a conservative Democrat stood up against the entire corrupt Republican machine in our home county of Kankakee County, and he took on Republican George Ryan. Now, many people recognize the name. Ryan turned out to be one of the most corrupt Illinois politicians in history. He's one of those governors that went to jail well, my family knew him back, you know, a long time ago when I was at a formative age. Uh, my father lost the race for state rep, but instilled in me the nobility of public service. And then as an entrepreneur, I know how hard it is to make one single solitary dollar of after-tax profit. My brother and I started a company. In 10 years, we grew it to $20 million. But look, at every single moment, at every single year, you know, the ongoing concern of the company was in jeopardy until, you know, we worked so hard that we were an overnight success after 10 years. So if they're going to tax us, Phil, they got an obligation to spend it honestly. And if they don't, at openthebooks.com, we're going to hold them accountable. When you got started, were you 
I mean, you obviously had an idea how bad it was. Did you look at this? Does it ever just completely shock you at this point? Or like when you first got started, were you just like, oh, and this, this rabbit hole goes way deeper than I ever thought. And this is really, really bad. And what I'm talking about is the tippy tip of the iceberg. I mean, what we're getting is are the salaries and pensions of virtually everybody. And then the checkbook spending at the federal level and in 49 states, not California, we're suing for that record. And we can talk about this. Uh, and then it, right now in 11,000 municipal bodies at the local level, we get their checkbook. What we're talking about is the tippity tip of the iceberg. I mean, we're talking about lifeguards in L.A. County mm-hmm. that make up to $392,000 a year at taxpayer cost. You know, even from Illinois, where it is the Super Bowl of corruption, you know, still some of these things, you know, are fairly shocking. Yeah. Uh, sounds like I should be um, a lifeguard instead of an attorney. Um, so you, you brought up California. Uh, you got some stuff that you want to pivot into. Why don't you kick it off? Because like you said before we hopped on here, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff about California that we're wasting taxpayer money on um, that followers would like to learn about. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the jan- school janitors in New York City out earning the principals, and that's dumb. But I think mm-hmm. what's dumber is over in San Francisco, where the self-described members of the San Fran Poop Patrol make up to $182,000 a year at taxpayer cost. Now, I've been wow. thinking about this, Phil. You know, we everybody listening and watching the program, you know, you'll remember in the summer of 2019, we mapped 140,000 cases of human waste in the public way on an interactive map. And yes, we did use brown pens and the whole city was brown. There's a brown out in the Bay Area and that's a human health catastrophe. So I've kind of come to the conclusion that maybe in the city of San Fran, those members of the Poop Patrol are the only ones on the city payroll actually earning their keep. Yeah, I mean, if you're you're tasked with cleaning up poop on the streets, I I don't know if how much you'd have to pay me to actually walk around San Francisco and clean up poop. Um, any, what about like LA, LA? I feel like the two biggest I'm in San Diego. I feel like the two biggest culprits might be LA and San Francisco. You could tell me that you could surprise me and tell me there's something else. No, I, I think, you know, it's a target rich environment in Los Angeles. We talked about the lifeguards over at LA County. It doesn't get any worse. It doesn't get any better in the city of Los Angeles. So last fall at Forbes, I put up an oversight piece on the city of Los Angeles payroll. And incredibly, there's 20,000 city employees making more than $150,000 a piece. The average pay for the top 20,000 L.A. city workers is 150 grand. You know, and it starts in the mayor's office, Garcetti, and obviously he's up for the ambassador appointment, but Garcetti's got seven deputy mayors that last year, each of their salaries exceeded 200 grand. You know, uh, Garcetti's salary was $67,000 more than what Governor Newsom makes. Garcetti greenlit a deal with with the incoming police commissioner so that he could retire 30 days before he appointed him as police commissioner. So what was 
you know, what, what happened there? So, so now the police commissioner gets to double dip a retirement pension at 240,000 and then cash compensation of 350,000. He's making 590,000. Didn't, didn't leave the LA police department. He's just the commissioner now. And, and it gets worse. He got a payout between 1.4 million in a lump sum when he retired because he got to cash in all his different bank accounts that he'd built up, like his, his unused vacation days, sick days, and things like that. So he got a check for about 1.4 million. Now he gets to double dip the pension and the salary. I mean, this is what's going on in the city of Los Angeles. How much are they spending on... I, I was looking at your site and you had a map about homeless encampments. Uh, how much, I, I saw some figures about how much they spend on tents. Do you have any figures on what's going on with the homeless and what they're trying to do? I feel like they always in California, they always overspend. It's it's like you need a, a tent from Bass Pro Shops. It's $30,000 or something like that. Well, this is what I have top of mind. And this was covered after we broke this. This was covered at Fox News and other places. I believe there's there's 10 homeless officials that make more than the cabinet level office in Washington, D.C., a part of the president's cabinet. And I think that was at Health and Human Services. So if you take the cabinet level position, the secretary of HHS, you've got 10, at least 10, maybe it was a dozen, maybe it was 20 officials in the in the city of Los Angeles that make more money than that secretary. And, and obviously they're not solving the homeless crisis. The homeless crisis in, in the city of Los Angeles and the county is completely out of control. It's, I don't think people really, when you're saying like public officials, I don't think people put into context how much these politicians are getting paid. Like I was surprised when I was looking at county supervisors down here and I saw that they get paid like $200,000 to be a county supervisor. And people think like, aren't they supposed to be public servants? Why are they getting paid? You know, this police commissioner is getting half a million, over half a million dollars. You know, you have politicians. Like, I, I don't even know what, I think Wilma Wooten, who's the public health director down here, she gets paid $250,000. I mean, I, that's for the last time I saw, I don't even know. I can only imagine what the, director of public health in LA probably amasses. Yeah. In the, in the city um, you have actually on the city council, you have somebody that helps the city council put together policy and that person makes $400,000 at taxpayer cost, you know, kind of like the the navigator for the city council. Um, It's absolutely out of, uh, out of control. You've got port pilots, in the harbor, making up to five hundred and fifteen thousand dollars, helping the big ships navigate the harbor. Uh, you know, you've got, um, you've got, uh, you know, you know. This is the person I was talking about, the chief legislative assistant analyst to the city council. She was her pay spiked to three hundred and ninety nine thousand last year. I mean, things are out of control. Let's talk about those L.A. County lifeguards, because let's shed, shed a, uh, some, a white hot spotlight on that position. We found 81 of them made between $200,000 and $392,000 last year. And then you had seven make over three hundred grand. We found mm-hmm. one lifeguard over the course of the past five years racked up six hundred and thirty grand of overtime alone. And this is son, 
fun sand. It's the beach. Phil, we put Baywatch on Paywatch. Yeah. Uh, like I said, maybe I should go be a lifeguard in LA rather than be an attorney. Cause it's only a starting salary of like, well, I don't know, 80,000 to be an attorney. God forbid, you know, you went through school to be an attorney. Um, well, and okay. it's it a little worse because you got a very lucrative retirement plan. If you're an LA County lifeguard, it's 30 years and out for 79% of your cash compensation for the rest of your life with cost of living adjustments. So that's, that's just incredible. You could be out the door, say at age 50, age 55, with uh, with roughly eighty percent of your cash comp for the rest of your life. Wow. Oh, um, yeah. I'm just like I, it's so much spinning, and, and hearing these numbers just infuriates anybody who listens to this and goes like, "Where is my money going to?" Uh, we had uh, Madison, who is the chair of the School Choice Foundation, here on the podcast about a month or so ago, um, and he was talking about how much teachers make and public school officials make uh do you by chance have anything about like public schools or know anything about the public schools or the unions or anything like that yeah well i mean the reason the lifeguards make so much money is because of their public union and the power of those unions and let me tell you they're still going to go into the negotiation trying to get the lifeguards even more pay perks and pension benefits and they also get free sunscreen and, you know, 1200 bucks a uniform allowance every single year. Uh, I don't have it top of mind on the California K-12 through uh, salaries, but I'll tell you this much. We mapped at OpenTheBooks.com on an interactive map every single six-figure public employee in the entire state of California. There's 340,000 of those folks. And I want to put this in context for you. In the state of New York, there's 250,000. In the state of Florida, there's 50,000. They don't have an income tax. Obviously, California and New York have high income taxes. For crying out loud, New York City has a city income tax. Mm -hmm. uh, Florida doesn't. Texas doesn't have an income tax. They've got 80,000 six-figure public employees. California has 340,000. So in a nutshell, here's what it means to us. The heavy boot of government in California is a lot heavier on the next entrepreneurs and it stifles economic growth, job creation, and it also hurts the American dream. If you're trying to experience the American dream and government is taking and taking and taking from you, it's hard to get ahead. Oh, yeah. And it's become such an incestuous relationship here in California because you have the Democrats who get into power and then the Democrats give money back to the public unions and the public unions then donate to the Democrats to get back in power. It just goes around and around we go and they keep racking up the bills. And then who's stuck with the bill at the end is, is the California taxpayer. And the only way they can keep paying for all these salaries, you know, 340,000 salaries uh, is raise taxes on everything you do. It's gas tax. It's now in San Diego, we have a, per mile tax that they're trying to implement. Could you add a gas tax on top of they're going to count how many miles you're driving in your car? It, it, it's just insane. And, and it, it's going to take it. Like you're saying, it takes a lot to prop up that kind of waste and, and pigs at the trough kind of feeding of public dollars. Well, and we need the ability, Phil, to be able to follow the money. But I'll tell you this much, California controller Betty Yee, 
She's made it impossible to follow the money at the state level. So each of the past five years, my organization has filed a sunshine request in California with the controller for the state checkbook, for the line-by-line expenses of exactly how the state spent $320 billion last year. Mm-hmm. And incredibly, Betty E rejected our request last year, saying she couldn't, quote-unquote, locate any of the records. She produced zero transactions subject to our, to our Freedom of Information Sunshine request. So we sued her. We'd had enough. You know, 49 out of 50 states, everyone could produce a state checkbook. We actually had to sue Illinois back in the day, a Republican comptroller, Judy Bartopinka, who said that the state of Illinois didn't have a, quote, unquote, magical checkbook. We reminded her the state doesn't have magical taxpayers either. We had to sue the Republican in Wyoming, Cynthia Cloud. She said it would take years and years to produce a state checkbook. We've never lost a transparency checkbook fight. On September 10th, we're in Sacramento District Court, Circuit Court, in front of the judge on summary judgment, and we expect to win in the state of California as well and force open the line-by-line spending in the Golden State. I'm sure you'll find a lot in there. Uh, So in turn, there's a Freedom of Information Act. Maybe you can explain this to the listeners and the followers. Freedom of Information Act is for federal records. Am I correct? And saying that? So each state has their own version of the Freedom of Information Act. You know, since mm-hmm. we filed 40,000 of these sunshine requests last year, I think it's like CIPRA in California or whatever, whatever the initials stand for, but it's basically sunshine. It's a statutory process that requesters like you, like us, Citizens Press, we follow the law, a statutory process to take possession of government information we already paid for and we already own. That's what we're doing with the controller. She's refused to provide us anything, and that's why we sued her. And you're saying she's the last one to really give into this, or isn't that embarrassing? Isn't that embarrassing for the state of California, the state with big tech Silicon Valley, that they can't even produce a state checkbook, and they're the only ones out of 50 states and the federal government? And we've got 11,100 local units of government that are able to do it. Look, Phil, we, we work with the most corrupt units of government in the country that can produce a, a checkbook. For example, in the state of New York and New Jersey, they have the Port Authority. The Port Authority turns over their checkbook to us every single year. The state of California refuses to. So when you, you know, when you win your summary judgment, all right, on a level of one to 10, how bad do you expect the numbers to be when you start going through those numbers? We never prejudge it. Uh, maybe the state's running well. Uh, I can tell you that over the course of the last eight years on auditing units of government, not one single time have we ever found a unit of government running well. There's mm-hmm. always massive problems with government when they spend money. It is a natural it is a natural state that government is wasteful, it abuses taxpayers, it's dishonest, and it's corrupt. And our auditors know how to root it out. I'll tell you the first project we're going to do. We're going to take the California state checkbook, the vendors, and we're going to match it up with California Governor Gavin Newsom's campaign donor disclosures. Because it would be highly unethical 
if Governor Newsom was soliciting state vendors for campaign cash. Hmm. We'd have to take a look at the California law. In the state of New York, it's actually legal at arm's length. Governor Cuomo, we found, we broke this at the New York Post, it was big news last fall, solicited 347 New York state vendors. He received $6.2 million in campaign donations from those state vendors. Those state vendors reaped $7 billion in payments out of the New York checkbook over a six-year period. We want to know what's going on in the state of California. Hypothetically, and I'm sure everyone wants to know, if it's September 10th is the summary judgment, would there be a fast enough turnaround before the recall? So the recall, I think, is on the 14th. You would probably know better than I do. So, yeah, we would not be able to match up Newsom's campaign donors with the state checkbook in that type of period. It, it takes a bit. It's it's a manual match. You know, we use the latest in technology. You know, we know all the, the tricks with the databases, but it's it's not an easy process. Uh, well, I mean, hopefully, um, God willing, that he if he survives the recall, there would be plenty of stuff to dig through for 2022. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we did this up in Oregon with uh, Oregon Governor Kate Brown, and it was the same situation. I forget all the numbers, but you know, she was soliciting, you know, campaign cash from state vendors and those vendors were making out like bandits. Back in the day when Rahm Emanuel was running for re-election in Chicago, we did the same thing with Rahm Emanuel. And we found that he solicited 600 city vendors for $7 million worth of campaign donations. And those vendors reaped $2 billion out of the city, city of Chicago checkbook. Wow. Well, it pays to get into politics. Uh, So speaking of Gavin Newsom in the state, we talked a little bit about L.A. and San Francisco. Is there anything that stands out on a state level that you found maybe you have in your numbers that you'd like to share that will blow people's minds? Yeah, I mean, you know, the American Rescue Act, it was passed in March. It was a very partisan bill in Congress. All the Democrats voted for it. All the Republicans voted against it. We're probably the only organization in the country with how the $350 billion bailout of the states and 30,000 localities was dished out. We mapped it all by, by uh, on an interactive map, 50 pins for the state capital. It's the third map under the map section on our homepage at openthebooks.com. You can see how it was dished out in California. So I can tell you, people across the country are upset that your state ran a $75 billion surplus, and we, the people, just bailed you guys out for another $26 billion on top of that. Yeah. It gets worse in your in your cities. Atherton, median income, 525,000, richest city in the country. And we Congress bailed out Atherton for $1.4 million. Hillsborough got over a million dollars. You know, where they, I think the average home's like, $5 million. It's uh, uh, Palo Alto, I believe, got, got. Uh, I'm going on memory, but about $29 million. Santa Clara County, the county of Silicon Valley, of course, got bailed out for $381 million. 
I mean, this, this upsets people across the country. Obviously, it happened across the country. You know, the Hamptons in New York got $8 million. Greenwich in Connecticut, where all the wealthy New Yorkers fled on the pandemic, they got $21 million. Down in uh, Key West, Florida, the vacation destination, they got, you know, $10.3 million. In Beverly Hills, zip code 90210, they got $6.3 million of congressional bailout. I mean, people are getting bailed out that don't need the money and can't claim they need our money. Yeah, it hurts other states like a South Dakota or somebody who never shut down or anything and kept going. And then they have to end up footing the bill. And, you know, that's why uh, I mean, that's why rural America really looks at California and New York and just loathes both those states because of I feel like they feel the pain of the big decisions made on their behalf. So. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, now more than ever, I think people are paying attention. They want to be able to follow the money. And at OpenTheBooks.com, we give you the tools to do just that. So I uh, got a couple questions, well, actually a couple more questions that popped up uh, from my Instagram followers. Um, let's see. Some duplicitous questions, but... One question uh, they and maybe you'll find this when you win your summary judgment um, re- in, regarding roads. People are asking a lot about like roads and where did all our tax dollars go f- to fix roads? Um, and California is awful in, at infrastructure. Is that something you expect to find in when you win your summary judgment, or is that something you know off the top you have an idea of? So to put this in context, for instance, in the state of New York, we, we basically have every dime online in as real time as possible. What I mean by that is we have all federal money into the state of New York. We've got the state checkbook and we've got the checkbooks for every single unit of government in the state, your K through 12 school districts, your counties, your municipalities, everybody. You know, we're, we're getting to that point in California. We've got the, the largest municipalities. We've got, you know, we're working on the state checkbook through the lawsuit. We have all federal money coming into the state. So very soon, anybody watching or listening to the program, you're going to be able to follow every single tax dollar in the state of California. So if you're interested in roads, you'll know. If you're interested in, you know, how some of these propositions have dished out the tax revenues that they've raised, you'll be able to find the answer to all of your questions. Okay. Because I know a lot of people have asked me that question. I said, I don't even know where to start with that, but that's a great resource to know that when you guys get it up and running or more up and running, I should say. Well, and and right now there's an infrastructure bill at this moment being debated in the United States Senate. So there's about $600 billion worth of new money on this quote unquote bipartisan infrastructure bill. And the polling numbers on this bill are high because people think it's going to go to fixing roads, bridges, and airports. Mm-hmm. And only one out of every $4 of that money, $150 billion out of $600 billion, is actually going for that purpose. So, you know, our politicians are up to their tricks again. Does your site also track or inform people on legislation that's coming out? Like yes. line by line? Okay. Yes. So, for instance... Back when the American Rescue Act was being debated, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she got a lot of heat because of what Republicans termed the Pelosi subway in this, mm-hmm. you know, from San Jose to the Silicon Valley. I think it was six miles worth of new subway costing six point nine billion dollars. 
and they wanted the federal government to fund $1.2 billion of it. And the language in there excluded that project from doing a cost-benefit analysis. Why? Because the existing rail line served, you know, only 5% of commuters jumped on the train. Only 1% of the residents jumped on the train. Like nobody's using the train. By their own estimates, they were going to lose $200 million in a 10-year period. And yet they're trying to jam this through, you know, have federal taxpayers, local taxpayers foot the bill literally for a train that nobody's riding. Where does this money, I mean, if it doesn't, we all know you're a businessman, I'm a businessman. We know I buy this widget, it costs this much money. Everybody knows that's how much that widget costs. You spend billions of dollars on six miles of train. Where does where does the excess go? Where does the excess money go, or the excess? You know, I mean, because we, we all know if it costs uh, you know X amount of dollars, I mean, supplies well, cost this much, it pays this much, um, and then you say, okay, well, it's worth billions of dollars. You're like, wait a second, it didn't cost that much to build that train. Where did the other four billion dollars go? Who does it go to? Look, you know, I, I think we need aggressive public prosecutions. Mm. Uh, we need forensic audits that follow every dollar all the way through the subcontractor level where the real corruption exists. I think the people in this country, we've been sold out by our elites and we're getting ripped off. So I guess that leads me into another uh, follower question. So I said, what's a realistic solution? Seems we just vote ourselves into more problems. Well, look, people got to stand up. This is the American experiment. We're not supposed mm-hmm. to be led by our politicians. Our sp- politicians are supposed to work for us. And so people need to stand up and we need to, right now, the underlying law is very good. It empowers people versus politicians. But things are upside down because nobody's been standing up and the politicians think you work for them. So yeah. you got to get engaged. And they politi- these, these political figures only understand two things, money and votes, because yeah. that's what gives them their power. And, and you got to take them on. You got to open their books, audit their books, and, and hold their feet to the fire. That, that's what we do at OpenTheBooks.com. We give you those tools to be able, so you can bring the heat so they see the light. Yeah, I always think that I, and I always try and tell my followers they feel kind of despondent sometimes. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do. And I say, you know, there's a lot of tools at our disposal. I think the politicians in power just take for granted or they take advantage of the fact that nobody really takes them up on it. Like we have the recall process here. You don't like a politician, just recall right. them. Uh, you know, you can go and look at someone's campaign spending. Someone can go to a site like yours and start digging into someone's finances. Uh, we could start doing more of these. I guess they're, I think they're California public records act. That's the the acronym. Right. Um, you could start doing, there's a lot of tools at our disposal to do these things. I think more citizens just need to get involved and, you know, get off the couching or get off of the sidelines and get in the game. Absolutely. And you're, you know, we're, at OpenTheBooks.com, we're constantly innovating. One of the projects that we want to do is, you know, you could come to our website and file your 
California Public Records Act request on any unit of government in the state. We want to be, a, be able to do that to help you. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so you would just fill out a form. Our it would go off the, the request would go off of our servers. We already know who the we're already found a request with everybody in the state. We already know who the open records officer is. We have their email address, their address, their phone number, everything. So we want to be able to provide that service. So with an increased budget, we can roll out some great tools to help people. So I think that's a, a great place to kind of wrap it up. Um, where can people, obviously you got openthebooks.com. Is that where people can go support the, the organization? Yes, Phil, that, that's, uh, that's spot on. It's openthebooks.com. We've got some great petitions there. One of those petitions is to urge Congress to read the bill a 72-hour legislative timeout. You know, we need this. to So people, politicians, pundits can hold Congress's feet to the fire, hold them accountable about what's in their legislation. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think we have a representative republic if our representatives don't have time to simply read the bills. Yeah. And I'm proud to say that Florida U.S. Senator Rick Scott turned that petition into Senate legislation where he would also require an affidavit from the senator saying they actually read these bills. These bills would get a lot shorter. Yeah, if they had to actually read it. Um, yep. from front, I, I mean, I know it's probably not like Harry Potter reading. It's probably really boring reading. Okay, so you can donate. I'm looking at the site right now. You can donate now. Uh, is there like a subscription or a membership to join to also support? Did I see that? So there's no memberships. Anyone could use our, our website for free. After five searches, you just there's an email and zip code wall that you can sign up. We could still use it at no charge. We just count on the generosity of individuals, foundations, no government money. We accept no government money whatsoever uh, for our mission. Excellent. Well, I wish you the best of luck for September 10th. I'll keep my mm-hmm. eyes peeled for that. And then uh, obviously everybody keep an eye on openthebooks.com. Once we, you guys win that summary judgment and start rolling through all that, all those wonderful numbers and, and spread the truth about what's going on here in California. We will bring the heat and hopefully turn California into a transparency battleground state. Great. Well, thank you for coming on, Adam. I'm sure everyone learned a lot. And uh, if you ever want to come on again after the summary judgment and you find more stuff, feel free to come on. I'm sure they love to hear the, the all the new stuff. Phil, thank you. Thank you very much for this platform tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 